Welcome back to That's a Tough One, bringing you all the toughest news as ever. And me, one of your hosts, JD, and the most important host right here. Tell hey, me, hey. what's your name? Morgan. It's nice to see you again, Morgan. It's nice to see you as well, back in our podcasting studio. Yes, our whole studio, which is a bedroom. <laughs> that it is. It's a new it's a new bedroom though. But you know what? Every podcast has to start somewhere. Some start in closets, some start in bathrooms. Ours is in a bedroom. I feel like we just didn't start in the closet because the, the the place we were at at first, the closet wasn't big enough. Yeah, our closet now is pretty big actually, but I think we we have like a groove of where we sit, mm-hmm. you know, how we position ourselves, how we like the podcasting mindset we get into when we enter this space. Mm-hmm. So sit, this is good. We sit back. We put the pill between us. Yeah. To promote chastity. We put the, <laughs> we put the microphone on the mm-hmm. pillow. Mm-hmm. Shoot. We got the computer going. I feel yeah. like. I mean, I, I, we, got our, we got our rummies today. Yeah. Rummies in our tummies. Mm. Mm. Some good shit too. Goodness, spicy. I feel like we and we have it's been it's like it's been so long on that whole whole two week hiatus. Yeah, but we appreciate y'all for your patience. Mm. Um, while we took care of things on our end, and we are back now. Mm. We are mm. ready to talk. We are ready to share some stories. Share it all. Ready to laugh, and I also want to remind everybody that we are recording this in the month of October. So that means spooky season has officially begun. Spooky, scary, spooky, scary. Which means that we are going to be getting some spooky content in for the month of October. So be excited about these next few episodes coming up this month. Mm-hmm. Special spooky episodes for everybody. I want to let everybody know in the podcast and audience that my co-host has never seen the movie Hocus Pocus. So... That will be a goal. I'm saying it on the podcast, so now you have to do it for us to watch Hocus Pocus in the month of October. I need everybody to keep me accountable. <laughs> y'all make sure y'all keep me accountable. This is this is serious. This is serious. Mm-hmm. And to keep me accountable, go over to our Twitter to that's a underscore tough one and make sure I stay accountable and watch Hocus Pocus yeah. during the month of October. And then, you know, just go over, swing over it, go beep, beep, back that thing up, go yeah. to Instagram. Follow us at that's that's a tough one pod. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go go everywhere. Send us an email. Email down in the description. Yeah. And you know, tell us things. Make sure I'm a, I'm held accountable and we're gonna watch this movie together. Teamwork. Yeah. Makes the dream work. We are, we are. I'm excited to get into the spookiness of the season with you. Yeah. Spooky, scary, spooky, hey. scary. Oh, okay. I got I got a little saucy on that well, one. I'm yeah. sure they were. I'm sure they were enjoying listening to your beautiful voice. Oh yeah, you know, and I want to start off with a little, a little good news for yeah. us. I'm ready. Yeah, shout out to that. This is great news for somebody, not okay. really us, but for a community. Um, the Bruce family in New York, um, the governor there, um, gave back a a beach that was owned by a black oh. couple way back in the nineteen twelve. That's awesome. Yes, they had got their their property taken away by eminent domain. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said they, it was a popular. Well, it wasn't a pop. It was an area. They had a business on it. Had like a hotel mm-hmm. and a restaurant on on a place. It's called Bruce Bruce's Beach on in Manhattan Beach in L.A. Yeah. Yeah. So 
property got taken away and it finally got given back to all the descendants of that family. That's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I hope I'm not getting ahead of you in your topic today, but I also read yesterday that in California, something similar is happening where the governor has recently pledged to try to give back some land that was uh, seized from um, African-American families there, give it back to them as well. And it's, it's valuable land because obviously it's California. So I'm glad to see that, um, you know, people are kind of going back and making right the mistakes of the past. Mm-hmm. This, and, and, well, this one, I, I felt like it was a little easy because I don't think they ever... The only thing they developed on that land was like a, a lifeguard training area. Okay. So it's like, yeah, y'all can just take that back. Because mm-hmm. it wasn't a lot on it. But, you know, if you had to, add, especially a place where there's actual homes on it, it'd probably yeah. be a little more difficult. But, you know, what's right is right. You know, That's it's the right thing to do. But you know what? Getting back your land is a way that people build generational wealth. So it's like anything, even if it's nothing, like you said, it's good that it wasn't complicated. But I hope they're able to to take that land and and keep it in the family. Make sure you pay your taxes on any land that you inherit Mm -hmm. or property that you inherit because somebody will buy it right from under you or the government will take it back. So Yes, and if if, if the family, if they all decide to keep it great, if they decide to sell it, hey, that's okay too. But Mm -hmm. it is their decision to make and that should not be taken away from them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this didn't really lead into my first story. Okay. But I got a story for you, and it's something we kind of already already talked about earlier. Okay. Did you want to hear my um my little tidbit? I had oh to yeah, share? I mean, I'm just jumping all over over you. Come on, now, that's all right. You gotta say. That's all right. Uh, this is just a really <laughs> weird story, but I you know sometimes I like to give you little short stories that I want to see a reaction to. Yes. <laughs> you ready for the headline? Go for it. Okay, so this comes from the San Francisco, uh, CBS local Bay Area news team. Um, they covered a story last month about a woman accused of starting a fire. You know, California is very mindful about their forest fires. Mm, dry state. Um, so she started a fire when she was attempting to bear, uh, boil bear urine to drink. So I stumbled over that the first time. Let me say it back again. Woman accused of starting fawn fire was attempting to boil bear urine to drink. Does she have a good reason for like was it yes. not a okay? What does um, bear urine do for you? Like, how do you even get bear urine? Excellent question. <laughs> I know a lot of people buy stuff. Can you can buy certain urines for like hunting or to get you know ward off animals from your property? But I guess she found a puddle, and from the aroma or whatever, she determined that it was bear urine. Bear urine, and that's what she. That's how she was able to collect it. And I guess she was trying to boil it in order to sterilize it. Okay. All right. She was boiling it to sterilize bear urine. Yes. So she had been hiking in the area. They told her that, um, you know, some some people who, I guess, monitor the area told her that that's not an area that she can can hike in, but she was really thirsty. And she saw a puddle of water and I guess realized that it was water, but it also had some bear urine in it. So she decided to just... Uh, filter and boil it. There's so many decisions being made there. Yeah. Uh, she did drink it. Okay. All right. She drank <laughs> the mystery puddle she found. Yeah. But it. So I'm not. I'm not really sure why she didn't just. Because if, if she was interacting with people, I mean, she probably wasn't too far away from civilization. Because they 
workers had seen her in the area and kept telling her she couldn't hike there. So I'm not sure why she, maybe she was like so dehydrated that she was delirious, but I also feel like you were, you were competent enough to get the water, realize it had urine in it, strain it with a tea bag filter and boil it. You probably could have just hiked back to your car or to the rangers and said, hey, I'm dehydrated. And they probably yeah. would have just gave you a bottle of water. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and she probably could have just boiled just regular water. It, it's bad that the boiling caused the, it would have probably caused a forest fire anyway, but I feel like it's an extra step to not <laughs> use water and to use bare uh, urine. Yeah, and now she's being charged with the felony because, of course, the state of California it does not play about people starting fires and starting wildfires um, in, the, in that state. Yeah. So. There's no way I can be on her side. Like, there were so many better options. Oh, my gosh. So many. I, I would have just been very thirsty until I got myself back into civilization. And you know what? I, I don't know if I can trust her her barrier in knowledge. Like, you know, it's still a mystery puddle. Yeah, yeah. Like, how much bear pee has she smelled to know that was bear urine? I mean, I'm assuming, like, like a lot of wild animals is a real small, a real strong odor. But I, I don't know, if, even if I'm smelling it, I don't know if I can say what percentage is pee and what percentage is water. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, you could also take a step back and say, you probably don't want to be drinking out of any stagnant puddle. Or body of water because you don't know what type of bacteria is in it no. even if it don't have urine in it like that's how people get a lot of illnesses just from drinking stagnant water yeah it's like if you <laughs> river water i know it's not the healthiest water but if you if you have to boil that i like my chances of survival way better yeah it, it's just taking extra steps for no reason it's weird <laughs> it's a weird she's a weird person mm-hmm. and now she's gonna she made a weird decision he, and you know, based on that, I think I'm gonna change my story to another one. <laughs> I'm right sorry, now. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I, I like that. I like that. I'm gonna keep the theme going of oh, pe- no. of people going to jail for doing dumb stuff. Stuff. Okay. All I'm right. Interested. Headline: White supremacist TikTok star solves as judge sentences him to prison. What? This is from September 29th, 2021. Um. A man who called for a race war to thousands of his social media followers okay. was sentenced to three years in prison. Um, he was basically he was already a convicted felon. Okay. And he had firearms, believe it or not. I don't know what the original felony was for, but he was charged because possessing a firearm as a convicted felon in twenty eighteen and possessing ammunition as a convicted felon in twenty twenty one. And possessing an unregistered short barrel rifle in 2021, he admitted that he was trying to build a sh- build a rifle, pretty okay. much. And he has a big social media presence of him just talking about how the race war is going to start, mm. uh, the second civil war is coming, and how he needs to prepare. And I, I guess he he kept amping up the antics he was doing, especially like online or mm-hmm. on the boards because he wanted to prove that he was down for the cause mm-hmm. as a European American. He mm. is. He wanted to make sure he was ready in case all those others started rising up and to make sure his people were prepared. Okay. Yeah. It's just... He made a lot of decisions, especially such a big presence on TikTok mm-hmm. to... Using all these racial slurs, and he dressed as the comic book character. Wow. You know, you know, guess what character he liked to dress as to prove he was, he was Captain America. Different. No, no, no. One more Punisher. Guess. No, a little closer. 
Um, the Joker. Oh, oh gosh. He, he okay. Was one, he was one of those, and it's just weird. And he went there. He was one of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was. He was trying to plead, but the judge wasn't having it, and tried to okay. send those to the max he could. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Have any thoughts about me? <sighs> um, I just think that people, you know, you never know when your day or time is gonna come where you're gonna leave this earth. And I think you can, we all have to make a conscious choice about like how we want to spend our time. And so to me, you can spend that time, you know, uh, enjoying your family, your friends, going to nice restaurants, having new experiences, traveling, kind of just opening up your worldview and your perspective and just living life and having those great experiences and those moments that you can kind of look back and reflect on and grow from. And I feel like these people don't do that. You know, they they spend so much time doomsday prepping or planning for this or being hateful to so many other groups. And they won't eat here. They won't do this. They don't like hearing people talking other languages. It's like you cut yourself off from so many positive experiences that you could be having in the world. I don't really think it's sad that you just choose to live a hateful life. Mm-hmm. It's, I, and I mean, of course, obviously, like, I don't have much sympathy for him. But I have sympathy for what he's missing out on by being a hateful person. But you know what? These are the people that we have to watch out for. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the person we got to watch out for. I know people think we need to corral Haitian immigrants who were displaced by the country <laughs> from national disasters at the Mexican border yeah. who are trying to have a better life. But when you have somebody who... He, he literally gets on social media to talk about how this race was going to start and they yeah. need to be prepared. Like, he... he he violated the law. He was a convicted felon right. who on multiple occasions had firearms and ammunition. It's not like he wasn't told that he can no longer own those things at, mm-hmm. when you have a felony on your record. Mm-hmm. He did it because who's going to stop him? Right, and, exactly. And it turns out when the government tries, they can stop you, mm-hmm. at least a little bit. And it's just crazy. He was like, I did, how, how was I supposed to know they were going to get me? And just and just so we know who he is, my man, my man's name was Paul Nicholas Miller. That's really important. We gotta identify people like that. Just in case y'all run into yeah. a Paul Nicholas Miller, yeah, in three years from now. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think the scary part is like you see these videos where people are, you know, uh, we watched one with the man got confronted because he had a dinosaur flag up in his yard because his child liked dinosaurs, and then the person came back to his house and vandalized it, or people you know, are committing shootings against groups of people that they don't like, like when they were committing hate crimes against uh, Asian women at the beginning of the pandemic. You know, it's, it's really scary to know that some of this stuff can actually move from social media into real life. And a lot of times, sometimes it's the person who's spreading the message who ends up being violent. But then a lot of times it's also like the people who they inspire, mm-hmm. who listen to them and are fans of them. And then they go out and they have a, you know, they may have be having a hard time. They can't get a promotion. They can't find a partner. And it's like, well, I know who I'm going to blame. It's all the, you know, the black and brown people that work with me. I'm going to go take my gun to work tomorrow. Yeah, that, that helps everybody. Good yeah. job. Good job, guy. You're prepared for those people that don't even, probably don't even know your name to do something. It's, it's not going to happen. It never happens. It hasn't. It, when has there ever been a race war in this country? Yeah, I mean, there have now there have been conflicts. Yeah. No, I won't say conflicts. There have been acts of aggression against people based on based on their race, their religion, 
their ethnicity, those types of things. Mm-hmm. But there has never been an event where the people, the majority has been attacked and, and overwhelmed by the minority, you know, yeah. or by the marginalized and things like that. But I also think it's just in the same way that people fantasize about like, oh, this is what I'm going to do when the rapture happens, or this is what I'm going to do when the apocalypse happens or the big one. I think people just have these fantasies about seeing themselves as the hero and, and slaughtering all these evil people or, or saving their family from all these evil people and allowing people to fantasize about those things has now it has deadly consequences. Mm. So it's no different than years ago when you have what is it, birth of a nation where you know people went to the theater to see see the the clan, you know, stop this these black people from getting these white women, which is like a fantasy they all had of like, yeah, we can get these we can save our white women by doing this or that. It's the same thing now. It's just like, we got to take our country back from all these immigrants. And it's like, these people are not coming to take your country. <laughs> no. They're not coming to take your house. You know, they're coming to just have a better life. Yeah, so a slightly better life. Like, where are all these high, extremely high-profile jobs that you think they're taking from you? They're not taking any jobs that you're applying for. And, they may, and maybe they will. Maybe not, this, maybe not the people who are immigrating this generation. But maybe their kids will be competing with your kids for a college admission spot. Or maybe, you know, their grandkids will own a home next door to your grandkids in in a few, you know, in 50 or 60 years. But that's what equity is. Equity is everybody having a fair chance and you earn things based on merit. So to me, the thing is, are you saying that you think if these people come in, they'll be just as hardworking just as successful as you and is that the problem that maybe you or your ancestors will have to i mean your you know descendants will have to work a little bit harder to get their stuff maybe so but that's what equity is like wouldn't you want to wouldn't you want to have all those things the 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 degree the job the home because you earned it and maybe you know if you feel like you can compete against other people and still earn it what you so threatened for I, I I don't know what what they would still be threatened for, man. He, Mr. Mr. Miller definitely found a way to still be threatened. They're not gonna take him his social media, and well, now he gets to take his freedom away <laughs> for the choices he made. Yeah, and, you know, you made sure you but you're free to make your choices, and you also have to recognize that you are you know part of a community. You you, you are a citizen, even no matter how you declare you a sovereign citizen and all that stuff. You still a citizen, and that means you have a lot of freedoms, but you also have a lot of responsibilities. So you have the freedoms of an American, and you also have to answer to the American government. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and he 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 will definitely get his chance to do that. He will definitely mm-hmm. get his chance to do that. Have your day in court, buddy. Mm-hmm. Have your day. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, mm-hmm. you got anything else for us? I do. Ooh. I do. So I have. Um, I'm ready. It's a little bit of a hybrid. So I have an article that I thought was really interesting, but I also wanted to share a listener article that we kind of talked about. We we hinted that we were going to discuss it this week. I'm ready. And so I figured the the topics kind of overlap. They're both about the workplace. So I'm like, let's talk about both of them together because they were both pretty long. So I'm going to just hit the high points. So the first article shout out to leslie who sent it in to us it's called what google learn in its quest to build the perfect team um and it's basically about a research study that google did over the course of several years about uh kind of like what makes groups 
or you know employees thrive in the workplace okay. and be successful in the workplace. What does it got for us? <laughs> the second article is called "Workers Are Putting on Pants to Return to the Office Only to Be on Zoom All Day." <laughs> so I'm gonna start with this one because I feel like this is something that I personally resonate with. Like right now, in my workplace, we're in person. We're in the office, I'll say, but a majority, I would say about 95% of our meetings are on Zoom. Mm. So we sit in our offices most of the day. Everybody has their door closed because they're all in meetings. And we take all of our meetings through Zoom or through Google Chat or, I mean, Google Meetup or Gchat or whatever. But we don't really do, we're not sitting in conference rooms together or interfacing that much in each other's offices. Mm. And so I definitely felt this article as I was reading it. Um, so this article starts off talking about a, a man named Nick just sharing his experience about his excitement about going back to the office and, you know, kind of looking forward to typical things you would think. Oh, I get to, you know, mix and mingle with my coworkers again. And when he got there, he realized that he was, you know, to avoid contracting COVID or spreading it throughout the workplace, he was going to be in his office attending most of his meetings on Zoom. And he was like, oh, this is immediately just a bummer. Um, and they found doing some, um, research, they found that most companies, while people are back in the office, they're still doing a lion's share of their work through zoom. Um, you know, even when they have to come into the office. And so they're kind of fearing that some of this culture is going to continue even once the pandemic comes to an end. And so this is really hard for a lot of people. So it's like, I'm getting dressed up every day to go to the office, but nobody sees me from the chest down. So I'm putting on dress shoes and uncomfortable khakis, and I'm just sitting and staring at my computer for eight hours, just looking at my coworkers on the screen. So it's like the same technology that helped us and benefited us and like helped you thrive when you worked from home is now it's starting to feel like you're in a, you know, kind of in a concrete prison when you have to go into work and stare at this computer screen mm-hmm. all day long. Man, that's a weird, that's a weird hustle these mm-hmm. people are trying to do now. Yeah. And it's, it's one thing of you understand logically that, Hey, we're trying to keep each other safe. We have the social distance to, you know, make sure anything, things are not spreading through the workplace. But then the reality of it is it's weird. Like he points out in the article when you were literally in the meeting you were in a meeting and the person in the office next to you is in a meeting or say you work in a larger space, the person in the cubicle next to you is in the same meeting and now all you hear is the echo of everybody's Zoom call going off. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's the biggest hustle backwards I've ever seen. Yes. Like, what's the point of having all these people come in if 80% of everything we're going to do is going to be on Zoom? We might as well all yeah. just come in for one day a week for that, that last 20% mm-hmm. we do a day, make that a whole day, once or twice a week, and the other three days just be home. Just be home. Like, why are we here? Are we are we helping anybody? Right. right. Now? And so people shared that they felt like they lost the benefits of working from home, but they still have the isolation of working from home. So the thing, the benefits that, that workplaces say you get from being in person is you get to interact with your colleagues. You know, cer- certain conversations that are harder to have over email or, or G chat or whatever. You can now like run down to your coworkers' office instead of having to wait for them to respond to an email, but you aren't because everything is still separate. And then people also noted that they were having difficulties with things like connecting with their coworkers because a lot of people turn their cameras off. Mm-hmm. They don't have their cameras on, which I also 
have can definitely relate to in the workplace and it makes it really hard when you've never met your some like we've had experiences in the office where you people have said oh I've been in meetings with you four to five days a week for the last year and a half and I've never seen what you look like until today <laughs> and it's a really weird thing I know everything about you from your forehead, you know, to your collarbone, but I didn't know how tall you were. Yeah. It's so weird when you spend so much time on Zoom with people and then you see them like walking out of work and like, oh my gosh, didn't know you looked like that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's like you could be four eleven, you could be six eight. Like, yeah. I, like how how are you supposed to know? Like, I don't, I don't know how, how you, your actual body shape is. I don't know the profile of your face. Yeah, like seeing you is gonna be a, like if you turn sideways and walk and I walked up, like, I'm like I, you, they wouldn't be sure who you are. Yeah, and I also think at, in the beginning when we went back into the office, I think people were a little bit more interested in kind of hanging out in the conference room. I think people kind of kept their doors open a little bit more. But as they settled in to being back in the office and mostly on Zoom, more doors are closed. You hear a lot less activity in the office. People aren't making as much small talk as they used to. So I think everybody's kind of withdrawing back into this isolated state, which brings me to... The first article that we talked about, shout out to Leslie, when Google did research on what makes a team effective in the workplace. Mm -hmm. And it was two things. What do you think makes a team effective in the workplace? Um, the people have to be good looking. <laughs> Is that a Well, you know what? Interestingly enough, <laughs> that's not that's not one of the things that Google talked about in the article, but that is one thing that we researchers have found that does help people so for example for me working in mental health one thing that helps clients and therapists bond are when the people are attractive so if you find like as a therapist if you find your client pleasant to look at if you find them likable if you find them relatable it's going to be easier for you to form a bond with them and vice versa so i mean unfortunately people don't want to talk to ugly people don't be finding nobody pleasant Gonna be in trouble. Yeah, people like people who are good to look at. That's why movie stars are attractive because people like to look at attractive faces. Yeah, you got me there. A lot of these stars cannot act. They they keep getting <laughs> roles, and it's like, okay, I guess you can read the lines. Yeah. So one of the things they found was that people in groups took turns speaking. So everybody kind of had, they felt that they had equal time to speak and to disclose things, and they found that in those types of groups people who are typically more introverted, even they participated a lot more easily and a lot more readily, which is one thing I think that Zoom does well because you can kind of find time to jump in because people do things like they'll watch to see, oh, so-and-so unmuted, let's give them a chance to speak instead of you maybe being in person and being more shy and reserved. Mm -hmm. Or you can use the chat, things like that, to kind of still get your point across and get heard. Yeah. So I think there are ways for certain people this Zoom can help you in terms of, you know, feeling like everybody has an equal share in talking and sharing opinions and getting feedback. The second thing, though, was that people were able to connect with each other and, like, catch the social cues of the work group. Yes. And that is, I think, something that you have a hard time with over Zoom because you don't get to see, is this person, you know, shaking their leg? Is this person fidgeting? I mean, you can see a person's facial expressions, but you're not getting the energy they're putting off. You don't see their, how their hands are moving. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, just all all that. The whole body tells a story. I mean, you're, yep. you're only getting part of the story when you see somebody from the chest up. 
Yep. So it's a lot of those opportunities for getting to know each other, kind of a person's vibe, how they are, making small talk outside of a meeting, talking about your personal life. When you're not, you know, the meeting starts at 9.30, we all log on at 9.30, it's no time for small talk, we gotta talk for an hour, we gotta get off, transition to our next meeting. You don't really have time to have those, those like, chatty moments that help you bond with your coworkers. No, you just gotta, you just gotta keep it moving, we're gonna go in the meeting, we're gonna, yep. it, there's no, there's no break, there's no time for y'all to just relax and drink water yeah. at the water cooler like they did in all those ni- 1990s TV shows. Yeah, and so, I know a lot of research came out last year to say that people actually got more work done when they were working from home because you don't have as much people coming knocking on your door making small talk you know you get to focus in on your work and you get to take breaks as you need to a lot of people get to touch their pets and kind of release some anxiety you go outside you can make your own lunch it's, it's not as tense and stressful people were more productive yeah, it's like people working. If you work in an office building, you work on the thirty fourth floor, but you want to go outside. Like I, yeah. I have to go down all the way to the floor. I have to try to go on the street corner, which is is probably shitty. Yeah. Now I gotta walk a block to go to a nice park, and now I gotta. Yeah. By the time you get there, all right, I've been here for four minutes. Let me turn around and go back now. You get more. You home. You're comfortable. You get to yeah. enjoy yourself. You can just go outside, depending on where you live. Mm-hmm. Like we live in an apartment. If we went outside, we can walk around, come back. Yeah. Whole break, ten fifteen minutes. Yep. And at work, you just spend ten minutes trying to get down to the first floor. And I know for me, one thing, and I'm sure a lot of people, if you work in an office, you probably have the same experience. Office is freezing, <laughs> and it's so uncomfortable to sit in a freezing cold space for eight hours, as opposed to when you're at home, you can wear your fuzzy clothes you can wear your cozy stuff you can have the temperature what you want to have it you know even i mean i know i saw some jokes on social media people were saying like when i was at home i could mute my i could mute my zoom call i could fart mm-hmm. if i wanted to you know like you could be stinky you don't have to necessarily wash your hair you can just focus on getting the work done getting off you already at home you don't have to sit in traffic but they said all here are all these benefits are coming back to the office but for a lot of people who are, who are still meeting 95% of the time on Zoom, you're not getting those benefits either. Yeah, it's like if, you're, if your company tries to tell you those benefits and then most of the things in Zoom and you and you tell them that, they probably just look at you crazy like, oh, yeah. skippity-doo-dah, buddy. <laughs> so it's like what does it mean now for the modern workplace if the Zoom meetings are pretty much here to stay? Everything ain't going to be on Zoom. But for if, if you have, if you work, like you said, in a, in a a building that's huge or you work on a big campus like Google or you work in a setting like a university where you may have to take meetings where two years ago you would have had to walk across campus to get to that meeting. Now you could just send somebody a Zoom link. How is that going to impact the workplace in the long run? Yeah, it's like, all right, so we're just going to keep doing Zoom and so nothing's going to change as it was in last August. I mean, it's going to impact and it's one of those things that We'll know in five years how much it had an impact. Yeah, yeah. And it's and it's like the the only people, the people that are in denial, the people that are making the decisions, they're the ones that like don't see it for some reason or pretending not to see it. Yeah. How, how oh, I mean, it's just it's just gonna be the same. But if you just really just pay attention to everything that's happening, you can clearly see there's gonna be a a change. Yeah, and I think people also need to know, you need to give me a good reason why I can't work from home. Or I can't at least do a hybrid model where I work some days at home. I come in some days and work in the office, which I think a lot of people will be okay with, especially people who have kids who who still need, you know, flexible schedules or or something like that. Or if if you could say, hey, I know traffic 
is really busy on Thursdays and Fridays. I'm going to work from home Thursdays and Fridays. I think people appreciate having that flexibility and at least having a couple days where it's a little bit less stressful and taxing. It it just seems so obvious that if if you, the work the workspace you're in can't allow it to let right. those people work have at least a hybrid schedule. It doesn't have to be a hundred percent right on Zoom. Some places I know some places do that, but just uh, let them go two two day two days a week at home because they don't need to be there. That, mm-hmm. It just makes sense. Really three for a lot of places, but almost every office space can have two days where you just work from home. Rotate. You can rotate who's. Who's in the office on what days? You know, you can have it moving. It doesn't, to me, it, if you can't justify it, then workers are not going to be satisfied with you just saying, just because. Or if it's, well, you need to, you need to be in the office because we need to, me, you know, monitor your, your productivity. Why? Because you can see when I'm online, you can see when I'm logged into the, you know, my job's uh, software or when I'm in Google Teams and Microsoft Teams, you can, it's definitely ways to track and see some places have that eye tracking software, who's working, who's producing. Mm-hmm. And even that, I, and I still don't really agree with micromanaging your staff like that because people are adults. But people, are, the data shows people produced more last year. So. And it's like, what, what are what are we believing if we're not, you don't, so you do believe the data until it tells you you're wrong? Yeah. It's, literally so that you can be managed that's why you need to be physically in the workplace so you can your dress code can be managed you know the issues with this or that can be managed the workplace can justify its budget that it needs to to run your office and have people in it every single day Mm -hmm. but it's not actually to benefit you as a person no and to make your job easier or your life less stressful it's not that at all like as soon as people were like oh i'm actually enjoying Working from home, they say, "Oh, uh, uh-uh, uh, uh, uh-uh. <laughs> come on back to this office." Then my employees saying they're having a good time, <laughs> and it's not that happier. <laughs> Wellness improved. Get on, get on back up into this office, and the traffic is gonna be worse now. Yeah, everybody come back. Uh, good luck getting to work. If you were between seven thirty to to nine thirty, good luck. <laughs> good luck getting lunch. Uh, cause now all the restaurants in your area don't open until four o'clock, or they close on Mondays, cause they understaffed. So good luck getting lunch delivered to you, or going to pick it up on your lunch break really easily. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> so yeah, I thought those two articles were really interesting, just in terms of thinking about what the modern workplace looks like. And how are people going to adapt and how the workplace is going to adapt. And I think that's why a lot of people are quitting their jobs now because they're like, hey, I I need you. Like, you need me more than I need you right now. So you need to give me what I need or I'm just go somewhere at will. And it's a lot of jobs right now advertising that they they do telework. Mm -hmm. Work from home, remote work. Come here then. Yeah, you know? go there and you can work from home. Nobody gonna bother you. It's all good, man. Yeah. So what do y'all what do y'all think about teleworking? Audience, are you working from home? Did you work at home during the pandemic, or were you one of those frontline workers where you, you know you had to go into work every day and ain't nothing changed for you? Like you've been you've been going into work since March twenty twenty with no breaks. Are you sick of hearing people complain about having to come back into the office? Let us know what you think. Let us know. You know what? I'm gonna 
keep up the theme of workplace Uh-oh. and getting those employments going. What done went down? What done went down? <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got the article. It's companies are getting rid of drug tests because they can't find enough workers. Oh, wow. And one of the big companies they talk about in the article is Amazon. It just basically... What? Amazon was drug tested? They were drug tested. Oh, because you have to drive, right? Yeah. Okay. The, so I think some positions they're still going to drug test for, but okay. for, for the most part, there are no more drug tests. And a lot of places are just getting rid of it because they said... Most of these states in America, it's it's legal in or it's decriminalized, mm-hmm. and we need enough workers. Everybody's smoking yeah. smoking the marijuana, and we can't. If, if, Everybody failing the drug test, basically, we can't hire enough people. Yeah, it's like, okay, they failed the drug test, can we hire them? Like, right. I guess not, but they're qualified for the job, and will it perfect their performance? No. Mm. No. Interesting. Yeah, so I just, I, just thought, I just thought that was cool. Like, all, all these companies just saying, you know what? This is not benefiting us anymore. We yeah. have to go to the next thing and just let these people come in because we, 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 first of all, there's not enough people applying for the jobs. Mm-hmm. And if we keep taking out a large segment of the population that will probably actually qualify for it, yeah, we're not gonna, we are hustling backwards. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. And, of course, I know certain jobs, everybody has their different opinions about different drugs and things like that. Like, some people think it's nothing wrong, you know, with smoking a little bit. You can still function. You can still hold conversations. They don't think there's anything wrong with going to the job, you know, with a little whatever in your system. Some people feel like you should only, you know, do any drugs. If you don't have to go into work, you don't have to drive, just do it at home, but don't be out doing stuff. Mm-hmm. everybody ain't got good judgment about when and where and how much of something they should do like that story we talked about with the man who ruined that woman's wedding but um, <laughs> I read it but I get it first of all like they say it's it's legal in more and more places now yes. so you got more people who are trying you know trying weed trying CBD which can pop back on a, a drug test uh, depending on how much THC, THC is in it. And so, yeah, you probably do have less people that, that are qualified to pass the drug test. But also, if somebody, if, if you off on Saturday and Sunday, and you want to smoke on Saturday, like, you're not going to be high when you get to work on Monday. No, if you want to smoke on Sunday, you're not going to be high the next day. Right. Unless you just did some crazy shit. Right. You're not, you're not going to be high. You're going to be all right. The same thing is, if, if I can go out and go to a bar on Friday night and I can get drunk, and I can go to mon- work Monday morning and I'm sober. I won't lose my job. Why should somebody who who likes to, if you want to eat an edible on Friday night and then you go to work Monday and they drug test you, why should you lose your job? No, no, that, that doesn't make, make any sense. And that's why uh, staffing firm Manpower Group released that about 9% of employers worldwide, they're like, man, let these people come yeah. in. We don't got time for this. Now, you a flight attendant, you a surgeon, you know, you have a job, you you a first responder, you have a job where you need to be sober to make decisions that affect people's lives. You a pilot. Do I want my pilot to be high on my plane? No. Oh, no. Heavy machinery? <laughs> no. I don't want you immediately yeah. high. Uh, should you be able to smoke in your off time? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Should you, should you be at work high? No. Do I want you like, do I want you making my sub at Publix high? And you messing up, you can't, you know, you keep messing up my order. No, I don't want you to do that. 
But when you get off work, should you be able to relax how you want to relax? Yes. Now, if you're making my son at Publix, look, if you hide, as long as you can get, get the meat <laughs> yeah, on the... Yeah, just get my... Yeah, now, if you, yeah, like you said, if you, if you keep fucking up, all right, <laughs> right. You, you can't make my son. the fuck you doing, man? The other piece I think to this is important to recognize is that we are living in one of the most stressful times in recent history. And everybody is trying to figure out ways to just get through every single day and cope. Yes. They just trying to figure something out. And so if you have to have a little CBD gummy, you got to chew edible, you got to, you got to smoke your little something, whatever you need to do. I'm not saying go do math, but people got to cope somehow. They got to relieve stress and tension somehow. And more people, because it's readily available, are trying it. Yeah. And that's like, oh, this is working for me. This is relieving my anxiety, you know, or this is helping me go to sleep at night. For some people, I don't, I'm not going to take away anybody's thing that they use to cope as long as it's not affecting your ability to function and get through the day. Yeah, and that's, that's the most important part. But I guess we also got to look at the companies. It's not that right. they're doing it as a good inside of their heart. They're only doing it because, wow, we are losing out right. on a lot that's of true. workers and that's we don't true. have enough people. What can we do? That's true. <laughs> but you know what? If that if that's what it takes to, if it's, you know, with capitalism, it's always about money. So if that's what it takes to make them do the right thing, that's fine. You know? Yeah, sometimes something bad has to happen. Or not, not bad, but they have to be affected on a, on a scale mm-hmm. to make, make good change. Right. Exactly. Now, that don't mean... If you if you drive in a company truck and you get into a car accident, they're going to drug test you to make sure you weren't high when you was driving that truck. So make good decisions, Steve. Like use common use your common sense, make good decisions. Don't be don't be at work drunk, don't be at work high. Yeah, definitely they, can't do that. They saying do it at home. Yes. They're not saying smoke in the parking lot and then come into work. Bro, don't go smoke in the parking <laughs> lot. So many dumb employees go smoke in the parking lot. And that's actually funny. I know this doesn't have anything to do with this, but back when I used to work in law enforcement, mm-hmm. we had got a call from, I can't, it was a, it was a business. Mm-hmm. And, and they called because their employee came into work high and drove away and they were like, well, he was high and we wanted to tell him, we didn't know if y'all were going to go, wanted to go arrest him. And we are like, we can't. What? They need to mind their business. Yes. We, we can't arrest him <laughs> because you saw him high. Right. And he drove away. Like, I, I can put out a, I can put out a call, all airs call, but maybe we can get him if we see the car, but we can't even pull him over because you said he was high. That's right. no reason. We have to see a, a, a traffic violation or he has to be wanted for something. Not because you believe he was under wow. the influence while, as he drove away. That's pretty lame. Yeah. That's pretty lame. They're probably the same company now that's like, we don't drug test, so please come work for me. I'm not saying that he and that he was right. I'm saying they was definitely wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like, he wasn't right for driving, driving away under the influence. Right. But I had to, as I had to do a lot, I had to explain that there's nothing we can do because you saw a misdemeanor that you, you aren't right. 100% sure of. Right. That might have happened. <laughs> wow. Folks are a trip. It's so many, so many things. Life would be so much better if people would just mind their business. <laughs> just mind their You know what? I'll be seeing nothing. I don't see nothing. <laughs> because I mind my business. <laughs> is, somebody, is it hurting you personally or hurting anybody in your immediate area? No, like I'm, I may look out my window if I hear somebody outside arguing or whatever. Like I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and observe it. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, but I'm gonna come in the house. I'm gonna talk to you about it. That's it. Yeah, we good. We good. Now, I'm we, not. If I see somebody getting beat up, like a woman getting beat up by her boyfriend or something, 
That's one thing. Yeah. But if I see somebody smoking, that's that's none of my business. I ain't see that. Ain't none of, ain't none of your business. Life goes on, man. Somebody say, did you see so-and-so? Nope, I didn't see nothing. Oh, what time did so-and-so leave work? Did you did you see if they came into work? I did. I don't know. I had my door closed. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not telling on nobody. You're not finna ask me no questions. It's gonna get somebody else caught up. I'm not doing it. Yeah, it don't, it don't, it don't help me at all, and it definitely don't help them. Like, why, why would I put myself in this situation to be between right. y'all? So they can say, well, so uh, right, JD exactly. said. Exactly. I'm like, oh no, no. Right. I hate when bosses do that. Like, oh, I haven't seen, I haven't seen Emily all day. Did you see Emily come in? Uh uh. Because guess what? You don't need to know what time I came in. Because I came in through the side though. You don't need to see what time Emily came in, because I probably did see Emily, but that's none of my business to tell. Mm. And also, I don't, and that's another thing. I know we keep talking about workplace stuff. Stop being that. I hate those bosses that be like, oh, you supposed to be at work at 8 o'clock, and you came in at 8.02. It's like, well, maybe somebody had to get something out their car. Mm. They walking a little slower, or whatever reason. They, they got to work at 8.02. Unless you're relieving somebody off a shift, calm down. Yes, like when and if you are relieving somebody, well, maybe y'all need to do a little overlap and pay somebody from an extra fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. Am I am I here on time? Eight oh two. That's what you're trying to get me for. You'll be all right. You gonna write you gonna write up an adult because it were now. If you consistently thirty minutes late into work, you missing meetings. It's affecting other people in your job or whatever. That's one thing. But when it's like people who have kids, or you know traffic is bad or weather is bad, and you over there trying to. Oh, it's eight o'clock. I'm gonna go stand in the. I'm gonna stand, you know, in the doorway so I can see everybody coming in. For what? Is this high school? Does that does that make you feel better? Like this? Yes. It's the business losing the money because I came in at eight oh two. Now I shouldn't. I shouldn't do that. But we didn't lose any money. We finna start, and it happens maybe once a week. I come in two three minutes late. Right. Not even late. Just the time that I like to come in. But that's why they want. That's why they want you back in the office so they can manage. Mm-hmm. So they can be making sure you. They see what time you walk into the door and you know, mm-hmm. listening to when they listening to when they hear your door open. Like calm down. Yeah. One more thing before we transition off of the workplaces. I hope there's nobody from my job ever hear this. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. Oh, uh, well, maybe we don't need it. <laughs> no, it's nothing. Oh, it's nothing, nothing bad. There's nothing bad that happened. It's nothing specific to this job. It's a general thing. Poop at home. Please poop at home. I understand. I understand if you things happen. Some days you. Sometimes you have to go. When you have to go, you have to go. But why? Why are you that? Why be that person that you just? You just come to work and you poop at work every single day. They might they might be a loose pooper. They get to work and they you know shoot. They feel comfortable now. I'm like, mm. then you know what you need to do. You need to bring your poopery. You need to bring some type of Febreze. Is not does not eliminate the odors. But here's the thing. I feel like especially if you're working and you know it's things are happening. Be a quick be a quick flusher. It's not yeah. your it's not your water. You ain't trying to keep your bill low. Flush that thing. And you on the toilet. Most jobs have those in fancy industrial toilets, so it's not like the you know how at home if you flush in the toilet right one behind the other. Sometimes the toilet bowl has to fill back up. Yes. At work, you know you have that industrial toilet flush away, flush down because people don't want to come in behind you. You hmm. know, and they all and they all your dinner that you ate last night. And it's all in the air. Like I'm not trying to every day. See, see, the problem is I, I came from a college football locker room. 
Ooh. Where you had to do your poopies before uh, before practice. Mm. So some people was in there. And dude, hey, I, I used to go to a, a, a further away locker room <laughs> and do my poopies with, with somebody. I'll be in there, I'll be in there pooping, and I hear somebody else walk in. They got a, they got a poop because they know this bathroom barely anybody yeah. be in it. We be like, mm, mm, everybody poop the gun. <laughs> <laughs> we the sensible poopers, not those savage poopers in the, in the main <laughs> locker room. But it's like, okay. And I know nobody in my job listens to this, so I can say this. In my job... No, no, no. Stop talking about people pooping. I'm, it's, I'm not talking about anybody in particular, because I haven't figured out who the pooper is. But <laughs> we have know. individual stalls. And so the two the two stalls that are closest to my office are right by the front. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know, when you have a big bathroom, with like, say you have a large bathroom with like six stalls. It's a little bit less. It's more air circulating. It's not opening up directly to the hallway, you know. Yeah. It's not. It's not so intimate. But these are we talking about one person stall. So if you in there doing damage, and then you come out, you got the door open. It's all in the hallway, you know. Somebody got to come in there behind you. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't want to, and I don't. And when I go in, I don't want nobody thinking. Seeing me coming out and think it was me in there doing it. Yeah, ain't gonna you now. Exactly. Now they think it's me. Now I gotta go to the other bathroom because that one is toe up. You know, mm-hmm. I I'm just like, if you can help it, poop at home. Yeah, that's the that's the worst. And that's the worst feeling when you come out the bathroom and they think it's you. <laughs> oh my god. Or you know, bring your poopery, do some courtesy flushes. We just trying to help you because we if if I see you. Every single day, you just tearing the bathroom down. I'm gonna be like, "Wow, this person really got some stomach issues. They need to talk to somebody about." This. And they might have stomach and issues. They might have trying. stomach issues. They're they might. Trying. If you have a medical condition, obviously, I'm not talking about you. But if you just like to come to work, like you just want to come to work and poop because you don't want to poop at home because you could you could just sit in there for 30 minutes and poop. So just just we don't want to smell that. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That's a real thing. I've been at jobs where I've I've sat I've sat in the toilet for like 20 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> not even pooping, just sitting there on my phone, pants down around my ankle. I'm done. I'm done with my workplace rant. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry for whoever's the mystery pooper. Well, I'm sorry for them too. I have a sneaky suspicion. I know who it is. I'm not gonna say. Do, do, do. I'll find out later. <laughs> <laughs> but besides all our workplace shenanigans, yes, yes. do you have something for us in the other world? <laughs> so I do. Um. And, you know, we talked about it being October. And we're going to get a little, not, we're going to ease into the spooky. So this, these topics aren't scary, but they still have a, a little spooky feel to them. Spooky, a little scary. unknown, mysterious, paranormal type feeling to them. Ooh, I felt the shiver. Okay. So, I guess I'm going to toss it up to you. Mm. Would you rather spend the next few minutes talking about, uh, some people who have passed on about the dead mm-hmm. or would you rather spend the next few minutes talking about uh, some mysteries history mysteries you know what? it's going to be crazy because I know people are listening <laughs> they're going to be like you, you picked the wrong one <laughs> no but I'm like I, I'm making the decision so yeah. I'm sorry for everybody that thought I picked the wrong one but I'm going to go with history mysteries alright uh, so this is from the Reddit the subreddit called the truth is here and it's just about all things mysterious paranormal it's just kind of a big uh, catch all um, but they try to encourage people putting like sticking to facts and truth so you're not going to find too much non-fiction or made up stories and things like that here they do a really good job of kind of filtering that out um, so this poster talked about 
the Vatican and they said it's rumored that the Vatican has over 53 miles of shelving in the Forbidden Library, some of mankind's most secret documents. Then they ask, what other places are rumored to have a lot of ancient texts and artifacts? And what exactly do you think the texts they're hiding are about? What kind of artifacts are there? And so um, the first one of the top comments says, they feel, they believed that the Vatican has relics from that library of Alexandria um, and what they were able to to salvage when the library of Alexandria burned. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people mentioned that they would love to uh, know what the secret texts are of the Vatican related to older versions of the Bible and what it may have said, what what, what was omitted and why was it omitted from the modern Bible as we know. A lot of people in the comments mused about what was in the Library of Alexandria, what knowledge is lost to time. So I guess my question to you is, A, what do you think, what knowledge do you think is being kept secret in the Vatican? And B, what knowledge would you love to know the answer to? Or where do you think we, like in in the time of history, what knowledge has been lost? I definitely believe that they they have books in there that they don't want out for the public. And it might be as simple as uh, they they could possibly pr- prove that human civilization has been a lot older mm-hmm. than we think. Cause it's, mm-hmm. And it's something that can, is always debated on how old, how old is just civilization. People, yeah. people forming cities, people having all this advanced technology. Uh, I mean, we just don't know. Yeah, and that seems like definitely something that would have been in the in the Alexander Library, the the library that had burned down. Mm-hmm. Uh, information that probably would have came came up because it, it it might have been stuff that they they knew but they didn't understand how yeah. it was relevant then. Mm-hmm. And that if we knew it now, it'd be like, oh well, this this changes everything. Yeah. If we released it, it might be something that they just they just kept and, and but now it's like, well we can't release that now. Mm-hmm. That it, it contradicts everything we're trying to mm-hmm. teach in the church. Mm-hmm. That we have proof that society is this old. Yeah. Yeah. Um some people said that they think that there are a large number of Egyptian archives and records under the Sphinx in Egypt. But for obvious reasons, like, they don't want to go, um, the government doesn't want to try to enter into the, like, do any work that would disturb. Yeah, you can try to fuck it up. I've heard the rumor that people think the the Sphinx is a lot older. Yeah. Because I think if you, if they date the rock, it actually comes back a lot older than Mm. when people actually think it was built. Interesting. Yeah, so. They said, uh, one person said that. They think that the Mayan codexes were deliberately destroyed by um, European colonizers, basically like at the orders of the Catholic Church, and so they feel like it was done in a, in a in an attempt to like restrict any text or knowledge that wasn't coming out of Europe at the time. I don't think um, they were smart enough to try to destroy the Mayan codex. I just think they were just trying to colonize and they killed all those people, and a lot of them just died because you know disease. They just didn't have the the um, the system to fight a lot of those viruses and illnesses that they had brought over. And that was just, yeah. Well, here's what I think. This is what I would like to know. Because I think when we think about knowledge, 
two things. When we think about knowledge, we think about it through like a Western viewpoint and that it's written down and it's passed down. But we have to remember a lot of cultures had oral history. Like a lot of cultures never wrote their language down. They never wrote their history down because it was passed down orally through narrative forms, you know, through mythology and storytelling. And so think about for like the example that you said about how there were so many populations and civilizations wiped off the face of the earth during the period of like expansion and colonialism Mm -hmm. that it's it's knowledge that's just lost forever because the people who held the knowledge are dead it's languages that are lost forever because those people are dead yeah ways to do things that yeah that that it's longer than any civilization here now like from the past two thousand years when they started history there was knowledge that was probably lost 200 yeah. years ago that's been around for 5,000 years and we can never get it back yeah. it was never written down it was just, yeah. it was continually passed down and it was an effective way for what they were trying to do before certain people came and decided that that, that was stupid and killed them and said hey we're doing it better than them yeah I'm sure there were even in addition to those like oral cultures it was probably cultures that were that did have a form of writing like maybe there were other cultures who have forms of hieroglyphics and things that they're just gone. Mm-hmm. Like even if you think about how English has changed from over like the last few hundreds of years and how it's changed since it came over to the Americas and things. Imagine how much information is just gone in just the way that like when language evolves. Yeah, because e- even if a, a place 10,000 years ago developed paper wrote it down or a form of paper wrote yeah. it down and kept passing it down eventually that shit's just gonna fall apart you know with with time and age it will be destroyed and if you wipe out the culture yeah. and the four books they had that had all this documented just wore down with time and nobody copied it down or could read it all right it just it just vanishes i mean there are there are movies that were made from the birth of film through like the like even there are episodes of doctor who that are lost that they were made during modern times that we'll never see because the film was destroyed. Mm-hmm. So if you think about the fact that we couldn't even keep all the episodes of Doctor Who, imagine how many books and texts and knowledge and information has been lost over thousands of years of human civilization accidentally. And then add on to that how much knowledge was was like lost or retold intentionally to keep people from knowing things because that's what I would like to know is how much knowledge and history about what was happening on the continent of Africa is gone because of the impacts of like colonization and apartheid and all this like you know just European countries coming in and slaughtering people and the slave trade and things how much history and knowledge about what Africa how Africa was and the global stage is just mm-hmm. gone. Yeah, and you got and you, you got to suspect that the Vatican just has just tons of information about that about about that time period about that continent because we all got to look at a map. If you see where the Vatican is and you see where Africa is, it's right there. You don't think there was a there was pl- there was plenty of trade and yeah. diffusion of information between those two places. Because I I think the biggest disservice that people that had that the world has done to itself. And I think it was intentionally is to make people think, Oh, people did not start traveling until there was like the spice road and like the Vikings, they came over here and they came over there. But 
a lot of cultures, people believe that the Vikings came to, they sailed to North America. They think that there were African people who crossed the ocean and they ended up in, in South America. They think that like global exploration has was happening a lot longer than we get taught in school and what we kind of think in modern history. And it's a lot of evidence around the world that kind of supports that. Like, well, we found, we found some bones over here that don't look like they belong here. And, you know, we, we found some crops here, you know, in an archaeological dig that indicates people were eating something that wasn't grown natively in this place. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it's, I don't think it's impossible to think that some people didn't travel around the world and maybe they just never came back. Yes, yes, and, I, that, <laughs> and that's what I—that's what I thoroughly believe that there were plenty, plenty of expeditions that have. And I actually read about a uh, a couple a long time ago. I think I can't remember what country. I want to say it was from Japan. They did expeditions where they went to them that would be east, yeah, where North America is. Well, well, Hawaii first. But yeah. I mean, if you miss all those islands, you eventually end up in North America, right? And I think they had a couple ships, and one came back. Like they couldn't explain where they went, but it took a yeah. long time. And you just got to say, eventually somebody would have came to North America that had the technology in their shipbuilding to make that journey back. Yeah. It just so happened that it was right a, a Spaniard mm-hmm. that made that journey there and was able right. to make it back. That doesn't mean they had, they were the best uh, sailors ever. It's just they, right. technology at that point was good enough that they, they could make that trip. A lot of people had boats. They made far trips before. They yeah. jumped island to island to make it there. But sometimes you just gotta get lucky too. And to say to say that you could come back and you wanted to come back. Yes. Because I, I think we also hear a lot of stories in like documented mo- more modern history of the eighteen hundreds of European sailors. They sail in. They find these islands. Oh, I'll just stay on the island instead of getting back on the ship and and taking a risk of of dying of you know starvation or, or lack of water or exposure i'll just stay here yeah and i mean i could imagine that a lot of people say hey we, we sailed we crossed the ocean we fended off whatever was in the ocean and we didn't go we you know we we survived we lived we barely got got here i'm not getting that boat and going back i'm gonna just i'm gonna go see what's what's going on there's people here i'm gonna go marry one of these one of these people they look different but cool because they don't have racism yet yeah. You know, of course, they have, like, tribalism and things, but, hey, I'm going to just stay here. Yeah, like, especially, how many how many sailors just said, I'm not going to keep doing this shit. Like, I'm just going to, I'm going to abandon the ship. I'm staying here, and yeah. y'all can't stop me, and I'm, I'm going to be cool. Like, what's, you got to ask, like, what's, the, there's probably plenty of expeditions from places all across the world where they went somewhere, and they were like, yeah. You, yeah, like you said, we're just going to stay here. There's no point on trying to go back. You don't know what they were trying to leave or... Uh, they they want maybe I could we, we could start our culture here and it just ended up dying out because it didn't work <laughs> or they just you just you go into this other community of people and you re, I mean you reproduce and you marry into that family and you just get absorbed into that mm-hmm. you know what I mean your DNA is absorbed into that population but I I think as far as you know like the continent of Africa goes um, Australia New Zealand like all these other cultures who you just don't have any knowledge about their history, who were the great heroes, what were the great battles, what were the great civilizations, like you just don't have it because a lot of it is oral and it was gone. Or a lot of it was, if it was documented, it was intentionally destroyed. And I would just love to 
love to just go back in time. Um, I don't necessarily would, would don't say I would want to go to the out the library in Alexandria because it was still like a government run library, and so it's only going to be certain information that's held there. But I would love to go back and just see how are these ancient civilizations interacting, how are they learning from each other, how are they trading with each other? Because I just don't think history as it is now is is accurate. No, no, there, there's just there's so much extra little nuances, mm-hmm. and it's hard because the as a as a person, you your your lifespan can only be so long, so it's gonna be quick turnover for anything, especially back then. If I if everybody's dying between thirty to forty five, right, there's so much change changes happening and that in that may, small culture. And that may honestly, like even some of that, you have to take it with a grain of salt because you're talking about studies done on Europeans. Yeah, you're right about and that. And a certain a small segment of the world, you don't know how long people in other... I'm not saying I feel like they were living to 99 because they still didn't have... They didn't... Well, we don't know what type of medicine they had. No, yeah, I mean, all that's gone. Yeah. And a lot of this trial and error, they, they knew what roots to eat. You know, it, they can't help it that those people, those um the pale skins came over and didn't know you ain't supposed to eat that berry. Well, for us to know that there were, there were ancient civilizations... That had irrigation systems. They had, you know, steam. Some people had gunpowder. Some people had steam power. They were all, they all had different forms of various technologies. They all had different types of medicine. They all, you know, they all had different ways of wayfinding and looking at the stars and make creating calendars and telling time. I just find it really hard to believe that all of this, these advancements were only happening in one pocket of Asia one pocket of Europe, one pocket of South America, and the rest of the whole entire globe didn't have any type of technology or advancements, especially when you consider how rich Africa is as a continent in ethnic diversity and resources. Mm-hmm. Like, how how did Mansa Musa get all that gold? How did he understand that the gold was valuable? How did he travel through the continent of Africa? Where was he going? They had the continent of Africa and the countries in Africa had to have some type of connection to the Middle East, to Europe, to the Mediterranean. I would argue probably to Asia, probably to other South America. Like, I just don't see how you have this huge, gigantic continent and it's completely cut off from the rest of civilization with the exception of North Africa. I just don't think that's happening. No, no, especially when people started trying to go around Africa. They they, they mm-hmm. were they were interacting with all those people. Those people saw them like, hey <laughs> they they I mean, they yeah. trying to interact with people before they, you know, they finally got that gunpowder and And so I guess I'll say to circle back, when mm-hmm. I think about what is like the conspiracy of it all or the the hiding and the not, like what are they not telling us, what do we not know? I really think that they just don't want us to know that the globe was much more connected than they tell us that it was. Oh, yeah. And I think they tell us that so that we can think that there were certain parts of the world that were more advanced and more civilized than others to justify things like raiding Africa, like the religious crusades, like coming over to uh, South to South and Central America and North America and decimating the populations there with disease I think they use that as a justification, but I think people people knew. It's like people had the same technologies at different places. Mm-hmm. You know, they were they had the Mayans had a calendar. You know, people in the Middle East were inventing math. Like you know, the Greeks had philosophy. 
And some people will say that they, they were, you know, going to learning from each other. Like people in throughout the African continent were going to Greece and they were sharing their knowledge mm-hmm. and everything. And so I, I guess I just feel like, why is it impossible to think of the fact that those things could happen and then our world was just very different at a certain point in time. It was much more open at a certain point in time. Yeah, especially that openness. And I and I think I guess I'm 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 not trying to cut that conversation. No, but go I, ahead. I had something else that I, I will if we went into the Vatican Library shoot. Like, shooting. <laughs> Cause it, the, there's been some debate on how long the dark ages yeah. in, in, just in Europe happened. Mm-hmm. It, because it'll throw off the calendar because nobody during that time it's not a lot of written history but nobody knows really how long it was because mm-hmm. some people have thought like it was a lot longer in Europe that it happened than they want you to believe because they want the calendar to just keep mm-hmm. going mm-hmm. correct well the way they wanted to keep going but yeah. it, it could it could have been uh, like twice as long period of time mm-hmm. that this happened and it just it fucked up everything on the continent mm-hmm. And you know, I just feel like that's just something interesting to yeah. to know. Like, would they have information that says, "Oh yeah, it actually it lasted three times as long. It's a just a dead period." But would, would yeah. you change the calendar for that? I mean, at this point, I don't know if it would be worth it. Worth it to change yeah. the calendar just because of what a nightmare will be for for like logistics, <laughs> everything. But I think it's interesting to think about, and I and I would say. I can see how that could happen because, I mean, there are places now that have different calendars and operate in different time systems, like the Chinese calendar and things like that. So, I mean, I definitely can see how you could say, depending on what historical text you're reading, what angles people are trying trying to describe. And it's like you said, if a lot of people lost the, lost the ability to read and write, during the dark ages and things, and then you had you had all these plagues and the black death. I can see how people could lose track. Yeah, like it's it's not important. Like at that time, I just need to know what season it is. Is it yeah, spring or we yeah. got to plant these crops? If it's winter, we got to try to do this to save food. Like I don't care that it's yeah <laughs> what year it is. That's the least important part. I know my kids old enough to to get married. They got to try to they survive yeah. this long. Let's marry them off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like and again, his, history is written by the, the people who win. History is written by the people who who do the, the best propaganda and get mm-hmm. their message out there the strongest and the hardest. So it's like if if it benefits those people to say, "Oh yeah, this this only lasted for this many years," that's what the history is now. Mm-hmm. That's what we that's what we all accept going forward. And I think the good thing about these types of spaces is like, yeah, some some stuff is conspiracy theory, some stuff is BS. Like ancient aliens, I don't subscribe to that. I think what it is is just that because we haven't been taught the true history, we don't understand how advanced technology or like how advanced the world has been at different times in history. Yes. And we think it was aliens that came down because we don't picture the people that lived thousands of years ago as having certain types of technology, but these people had, and yeah, someone was eating lead. Someone was drinking out of lead cups and those things they didn't know about. They, they didn't know about electrons and, and all the neutrons. Yeah. So, well, some of them actually do have theories about it, but they didn't know what el- the element was bad for you. But people, people have been doing surgery. They've been irrigating. They've had different, different means of technology and trade and, different government systems and different currencies and stuff 
for thousands and thousands of years and we don't know, really know how far back. Yeah. And then I think if you take a step even further back and say, hey, well, maybe there was this big global catastrophe and a lot of stuff was lost because a lot of people were lost. There were there maybe were pandemics that happened before we had the documentation of the pandemics and you lost a big chunk of the globe or maybe there were natural disasters. You lost a big chunk of the globe. You lost entire civilizations that we'll never know about. Like literally we wouldn't know about Pompeii if it wasn't for one person who would just happen to be there and he wrote about it in his journal. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't know about that. So how many things happened on the planet that we just don't know about? How much was lost that we just don't know about? Yeah, it's like you find out about a natural disaster, but it, it's so after the fact. Like, hey, I think we thinking whatever you say, let's say 1600s, that a, yeah. a big tidal wave came and wiped out this small island in the Pacific. Mm -hmm. And these people had to start over with what they had. Yeah. Like, it's something that you, it wouldn't concern you. You wouldn't feel the need to know. But it's, I mean, it's, it's history, a lot of culture that's just gone when these people yeah. had to start over for what they had. Floods, you know, things that people didn't have a, a week ahead of events to flee and prepare from. And your civilization is just gone. Like, we have we have civilizations now, like Roanoke. People think they know what happened. They probably they pretty much know what happened to Roanoke at this point. But, I mean, how many times did that happen at other points in history where, like, oh, we came, we sailed here, like, you know, 10 years ago. There was a there was a population here. There was a, a village here, a city, and we left. Maybe it, maybe a pandemic happened. Maybe war happened. It was sacked. We sailed back. They was gone. <laughs> well, empty hell, man. We ain't straight to find out. We can't read their language. Uh -uh. So the whatever they wrote down, we can't read it. It's gone. We ain't gonna try to keep it. <laughs> then the history goes with it, and I think, I guess, as we start to wrap up. Mm -hmm. I think that's a reason why it's really important for us. Now we have so much technology. We're lucky because we can document our history. Like we can sit down with our family members and ask them what life was like for them growing up. Tell me about people that, you know, in our family who aren't alive anymore. What do they do for a living? Where do they live? What do they look like? Mm -hmm. You know, tell us something about them. And now we have an opportunity to, to get that knowledge and pass it down. Yeah, figure all this out. We all one team. Let's but keep this man, knowledge going. I'm if they it. ever invented a time machine, that's where I would go. I'd go straight to like the continent of Africa and travel up ancient Greece and just see what people were doing and what they were sharing and what they were talking about at the time. That's crazy. I, I just spoke to my coworker about what, what time <laughs> time. We'll talk about it another time. I'll talk about mm -hmm. it with you after we're done with this. But hey. Thank y'all for another whole episode of just list, listening to us. Ramble. We was rambling this episode. We was, rambling. We was having fun though, man. We just yeah. got me feeling rummy. Tell us, you know, write in. Hit us up on Insta. Mm -hmm. Send us an email. Tell us your thoughts. Like, what time would you like to travel back to? What information do you want to know? Yeah. What would you what would you pay a million dollars to know what secret of history? Yeah, and how and how you doing in your workplace and how how <laughs> you all that pooper? function. Are you the workplace pooper? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Thank y'all again for coming. Yeah. Go to the description. Follow us at all those places. Mm -hmm. And we Ooh. want you guys to have a great morning, evening, and night.